Right, Jordan, let's start by just thinking about how would it feel at 11 years old to be scouted by Middlesbrough Football Club? Yeah, so obviously 11 years old was unbelievable being like scouted um, like as a kid. All you wanted to be, well, all I wanted to be, should I say, was to be a footballer. Um, so to have the opportunity given to you at such a young age to play for such a big team, obviously being up in County Durham at the time, like Middlesbrough was like one of like the top teams. Were they in the Premiership at the time? At the time, yeah, in the Premiership, yeah. So there's obviously like Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough were arguably like the three biggest teams in the area. So to be scouted and picked up by a Premiership team at that age, obviously unbelievable, absolutely buzzing. Um, yeah, that all came about from just playing football for my school team. Um, at the time, my school teacher had a contact who was a scout at Middlesbrough. Um, I was playing obviously really well for the school football team. He was impressed with what he saw and he introduced me. Um, at the same time, I was playing for a local team in Darlington on the weekend and he managed to get the scout at the time um, to come down and watch me play on a Saturday. And I impressed, they came back and they wanted me to come down on a six week trial where I went, I did well, and then I ended up getting signed. Um, so yeah, at 11 years old, it was a really, really good thing. And I look back with it with like fantastic memories. So come on then, share some of your highlights when you were at Middlesbrough. Um, highlights wise have to be, in terms of playing, I was able to play against obviously some like unbelievable teams, like weekly playing against like Man United, Everton, Sunderland, all of these kind of teams that you watch on the telly week in, week out, watch a match of the day, to be able to play against them at the young level was great. Goes without saying that like, like the training facilities that I was playing at on a weekly basis were quality. Um, you went on kind of tours, I played in Italy, I played against some big teams like over there. I've gone um, to like Qatar and have like tournaments over there, which was great. That's the World Cup training ground, isn't it? The England, the yeah, England 20, team. Yeah, 2020, 2022 World Cups in Qatar. So yeah, I can say that I've been out and played out there. Um, obviously, again, being trained and coached by some fantastic ex-professionals who then turned into some great coaches. Um, and also like playing at that age with like obviously like young lads who like 11, 10 years later are now playing, like still playing like professional and who are like my friends. So it's quite like nice to look back in that sense. Outside of actually playing, again, I was lucky enough to be ball boy um, for a number of seasons. So I was able to go to all of the home Middlesbrough games, like watching them play both in their premiership and at the time they were in the UEFA Cup. I was lucky enough to go to like the UEFA Cup final in Seville. So I look back, like again, with like fantastic like memories there as well. Mm -hmm. So am I right though? You're actually um, not a Middlesbrough football supporter. Yeah. So obviously I'm a Newcastle fan. Have been Ooh. all my life. Um, didn't really affect much. Obviously a little bit of banter there, being a Newcastle fan, but playing for Middlesbrough. Um, but obviously spending so long at Middlesbrough, like your loyalties, like started to grow and. Like after obviously seeing Newcastle and like seeing what they got up to on a Saturday, like the next team that I'd always look at to see how they got on was always going to be Middlesbrough, yeah. I imagine you were the envy of all your schoolmates, 
but I guess there were some downsides. Did you feel you had to miss out on some of your childhood, some of your youth because yeah, of your commitment? 100%. Like, don't get me wrong, it was fantastic and I could have stopped at any point if I didn't want to do it. But in terms of like making sacrifices, of course, like we trained three nights a week from the age of 11, um, typically Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So you had the problems to start off with in terms of getting like homework done ASAP because if you didn't get your homework done, I wouldn't be able to do my football essentially. Um, in terms of like socialising, being out and whatnot at that age again, back then, you'd get back home from school and like the first thing you'd do was go out and like play with your friends. But again, because I had like my football, that was limited. Um, like weekends, like your Friday nights consisted of you having an early night, being up and ready for playing football the next day. You'd obviously spend a lot of a day out because like you could be playing as far down as like Sheffield or like Liverpool um, for football so like your whole kind of weekend was taken up like from playing football don't get me wrong and for the family as well I guess yeah again because I've always been supported like from like my family um, so like they'd come and watch me play whether it be home away um, so yeah it was like a weekend thing not just for me but for the whole family Fantastic. but yeah lots of sacrifices like were made um, both kind of like sociably and um, like personally as well there's yeah. things that maybe I wanted to do which I couldn't do because of my football yeah so five years into your um, being at the academy it was time to be offered scholarships and I guess there was a I hear there was a disappointment there as well yeah um, you don't want to look at it as being like wasted time but essentially that's the first thing that, that goes into your head after being at a like a club from 11 years old to get up to 16 years old having spent like uh, five years there three nights a week every week for those five years then get told that you're no longer wanted 16 is quite a big like thing to take on board and naturally you are upset you're gutted you feel that's your one opportunity gone um so yeah that was quite a hard time for me mentally obviously again you're still at school so you're coming to terms with that rejection whilst being at school, coming to the end of your school career, thinking what you're going to do next. Um, yeah, it was quite a tough time kind of like dealing with that initial like rejection and being told that you're no longer wanted. So what happened next? Um, happened next. So for a couple of days afterwards, not a lot happened really. I just spent a lot of time being a little bit down, upset. Um, but then there was some good news came from it. Obviously, I had impressed a number of teams like when I'd been at Middlesbrough. And to be fair to Middlesbrough, they'd done quite a good CV on myself in the fact where lots of clubs then ended up kind of like giving me a call, asking if I'd come in on trial like for them. Can't remember the exact number, but I'm sure it was about 10, 11, 12 teams from various like divisions, like various places like in the country all kind of like ringing to see if I'd come down on trial which was nice because I'd spent that, that couple of days weeks spending like rejected thinking that it's all come to an end to then get offered essentially a second chance at another club um, that was a big kind of positive lifted like the spirits essentially so out of all those clubs that contacted you which one did you end up going with uh, I'll go into masses of detail about that kind of process because it was quite a long one but I think I ended up going on trial at Leicester, went on trial at um, Sunderland, went on trial at 
Leeds United. They were the four. Leicester. I said Leicester, yeah. They were the four that I went to. Um, in the end, I ended up picking Stoke. Got to the stage where I was at Stoke for six weeks. Um, got to the six week trial and they still hadn't made their mind up. Um, so I got a phone call in the end of a Sunderland asking if I'd go down and have like a trial out for them for the one week. I did, I played well, they invited me back to play the week after. But Sod's Law, the week after they were playing against Stoke. So at that point, I'd been being on trial at both Stoke and Sunderland, I had to make my mind up as to what one I wanted to play for in that trial game. I ended up playing for Stoke, I ended up doing well. And on the back of that, they then offered me a contract for the next two years. Cracking. So what were your highlights while you were at Stoke City? Again, unbelievable. Uh, Again, at the time they were in the Premier League, so I was playing for a Premier League club. There's a brand new facility, just got open the season that I started. So the training ground was absolutely top draw. Lots of money got pumped into that. Um, completely like new restructure. So the facilities were unbelievable. Obviously, you're in kind of full time, so I've gone from being like in on an evening in the academy to being in kind of like everyday um, with the everyday like professionals. So we getting paid and everything at that time. Yeah, getting paid, got paid a good little wage. Obviously, at sixteen years old, I like we left school in the June. I think I moved down to Stoke in the July. So from like three or four weeks, for having just got my GCSEs back and whatnot, I was moving down to play full time football for a Premiership club, which was great. Obviously, the people that I was watching on the telly, I'm now kind of like in and I'm training like with and around. Um, highlights wise would definitely be playing for the reserves we'd be training with the first team some like massive players like Michael Owen Peter Crouch Heineken Johnson people that have played internationally people that have played like at such high levels Champions League winners whatnot that I'm kind of like in training with obviously getting coached by the likes of Tony Pulis people like that was just unbelievable so these people that up until now have been like idols and people that I've looked up to and watched on the telly and now the same people that I'm kind of like training with and having breakfast and lunch with on a day-to-day -day basis. Fantastic. And I believe in keeping with most premiership clubs or most football clubs, they'd be always encouraging the lads to keep an eye on the future, you know, if things didn't work out football-wise. So what did yeah. Stoke City do to support you in terms of thinking of your future? Yeah, so as part of like your scholarship, um, I'm pretty sure it's standard across all scholarships, to be fair, in England. You have to do... A number of kind of courses um, for the obvious reason not everyone makes it as a professional footballer um, so if that is to happen you don't want to get to that stage with no qualifications um, and then the other reason why is obviously there's life after football as well so in doing so they offer you kind of like coaching badges like first aid courses opportunity just to keep yourself ticking over just in case the football career that doesn't work out you're not left with nothing essentially Fantastic. So then I believe you, you finished off with a work experience, was it at Sheffield? Yeah, so towards the end of my time at Stoke, obviously, um, that two years kind of like came and went, absolutely kind of like flew over. Got told that I wasn't going to be getting a contract extension. There were about six months left to, um, at my time at Stoke. Um, I had one really good season in my first year. I was playing good football, I was fit, I was healthy, as well. My second season started off quite badly. I got quite a nasty injury to my back. Um, 
took quite a long time out of football, quite a lot of time in like rehabilitation. Um, and in this time, they got a replacement, essentially. Um, they got a new centre-half in. As of when I got myself back fit, I got told that my position had been taken um, and that they weren't going to offer me a contract next year. So again, that's the whole emotion of getting told you weren't kind of like needed again. That sense of rejection. Um, could have done kind of like one or two things. I could have just kind of like stayed at Stoke. Probably has gone into my shell, not really done much. Or I could have kind of, what I did do was I went out on loan. Um, like Sheffield Wednesday said that they were quite keen on me and for me to come down and train and play for them for the last six months of the season. So I did. So I ended up leaving Stoke, moving to Sheffield during the week and training and playing there where I spent six good months there playing for the under 18s, playing for the reserves, again, being in and around the first team was great. They were in the championship at the time. So it was a little bit of a step down in terms of league, but the standard was just as good. We actually played Stoke in our league, they were in our league at under 18s and reserve team football. So there was no drop down in that sense and the quality and the standard and the facilities were just as good as Sheffield as they were at Stoke. So yeah, again, I was living with my granddad at, at the time in Sheffield, which was great, really enjoyed it. But as in most football, um, things don't always go according to plan, do they? And I believe there was another disappointment just around the corner for you. Yeah, so again, at Sheffield, I was playing some like really good stuff. I was captain of the 18s, got opportunity to play in the reserves, doing really, really well. Um, was very, very close to signing a contract there for the following season. Pretty much promised a contract. Um, got told to wait until my contract at Stoke would run out. Once that contract would run out at Stoke, they'd then be able to offer me contract for the following season, but I couldn't really do anything until that season had ended. Um, and Sod's Law, unluckily for me, the manager at the time who offered me the contract got sacked before the season finished. Um, so that contract offer that was like there from the, the, that manager at the time was then obviously taken back when he left. So I then went back to Stoke where I'd already been told I wasn't going to get a contract and it was just a matter of waiting until my contract ended. Jordan, it must have just felt like a roller coaster for you, mate. All those different emotions. So you came home and then what happened? Yeah, so I came home, obviously, on the back of what had been a really good two years, to be honest. I loved it. I don't look back on it with anything but good memories, good experiences. I've got lots of friends now that I still play and I keep in touch with and... Um, I go to watch from time to time as well so absolutely great loved it but um, yeah obviously quite upsetting the, the way that it ended I came back only really had my coaching badges to my name really um, what I was lucky enough to do both at Sheffield and Stoke so next thing I did was I just used the only skill that I really had which was my coaching badges um, obviously I had like a few contacts with people that had like coaching um, like jobs available I kind of like volunteered at the time and I got released it was six week holidays so there was like summer schemes on for like coaching sports clubs I went down as a volunteer to help out in like a holiday camp where the person who I was working for was really really impressed and then after that successful six week volunteer of being a coach I then got offered a full time job as a sports coach doing like primary school PE coaching had to do obviously additional kind of uh, I'm, I'm like courses and kind of gain extra qualifications to like meet the level that was required to work in these primary schools but once I did all that 
yeah, that September when the school started back, I was kind of like a fully pledged kind of like primary um, school uh, sports coach. That's fantastic. So I guess you could have gone in the direction of maybe becoming a, a teacher, a sports teacher. Was that a, a yeah? Bit? So f- like for those next four years, I think I was working as a sports coach. Absolutely, kind of loved it. Um, I was working at different schools, was working with different children, different ages, different abilities, and it was great. Yes, it was a massive difference from being a full-time footballer, um, but the sense of achievement, getting a pupil, getting a class of pupils who maybe can't like throw and catch, to then at the end of the year, able to throw, catch, do all like, uh, like different things which they weren't able to do, a real sense of achievement and it's like nice to see these people grow and get better um so yeah i spent kind of like four years in primary schools teaching and coaching and it was great loved it um so what was the motivator for you the, the next sort of change in direction um got to the stage where at this point i'm 21 22 um and i was working all day every day at the primary schools and got to the point where I kind of reached the limit I could get to. Obviously, if you're working in schools, you can only work a certain amount of hours, a certain amount of days. Um, and I kind of got to the part where I couldn't really kind of progress, but I didn't want to be at 22 years old. I'd hit like my highest like height. I wanted to kind of like move on. And unfortunately, just at the time in coaching, there wasn't the ability to kind of like move, like move on and progress. So I had to look elsewhere, different industries, different occupations to see like where I could kind of like further kind of progress. Um, and at the time I was working, obviously, like I said, as a primary school teacher, I was playing football on a Saturday, just like semi professionally. I had my own insurance at the time, because if I didn't play football on a Saturday, I wouldn't get paid off the team. If I didn't go to work during the week, I wouldn't get paid, but like anyone else, I had monthly bills to pay, so I took out my insurance from a company, um, and I really enjoyed the whole process, the, like the meeting up, the sorting out the insurance, the looking after them, the helping people, the meeting someone new, and at that point where I wanted a change in my occupation, I kind of like remembered back to who did my insurance, and I thought that wouldn't be a job, that would be a job I wouldn't mind doing, so I basically just contacted them to find out how I could do what they were doing really. Um, and that from there got an interview and that yeah that's it sounds like you really know how to use your networks jordan is that input is that an important thing do you think for, for other people to think about massively yeah um i think like, i know it's dead cliche but it's definitely in life i think it's definitely who you know rather than what you know but it's also making and like taking advantage of the people that you do know and what I mean by that is if you know someone who does something don't be scared to ask like questions um, it's not being cheeky um, it's just, like you say it's just being networking if you know people in a certain industry who like think can either help you or you can help them then voice it mm-hmm. yeah and in both my jobs aid like like aid the coaching and be my insurance, I wouldn't have got either of the jobs if it wasn't for the fact that I kind of like use like my network. So you're now, I think a self self-employed financial advisor doing quite well? Yeah, so again I've been um, I've been self-employed insurance broker now for coming up to four years, just over four years actually. Um, again, started off from scratch, had absolutely no experience in sales, obviously you've heard the story from where I've come from, being an insurance kind of like broker, 
had no experience in that in sales at all. Um, it just come from, again, just, just, just like my background really, um, of having that drive to do well, that, that love of like helping people, meeting new people, all skills that I've acquired to be good at this job. And over four years, I've built a really big client base and I've helped lots of individuals, lots of families with their insurances. Good lad. So looking back over the last 10 years, Jordan, what, do you think you would have done anything differently with hindsight? Um, I don't really know. I think football-wise, you could always work harder. When I was there, I worked hard. Of course I did. I don't think you could get away with not working hard. Could I have worked harder? Of course you could. You look and you read about people who are successful. They're always the first people in training. They're always the last people to leave. They always direct the sessions. Did I was I the first to get there? Was I the last to leave? No. Did I do extra sessions when I could have? No. But I still worked hard. So arguably, yes, I could have done that. Um, I don't think anyone could ever question like my determination and my dedication. That goes without saying. I played football and trained all my life. Um, so no, I don't think I would have changed anything. I just think what's meant to be is meant to be. Um, I look back on everything with like, like nothing but fond memories. Um, and I've learned a lot from all my experiences and like, without them, I wouldn't be where I am or the person I am today. So your main message to young people who've got an ambition to do something, whatever it is? Just go for it, man. Like it's one of those things we all have like dreams and aspirations and you don't believe in them yourself you haven't really got much opportunity really so having to believe in yourself is like the biggest thing i've had lots of like rejections and lots of knockbacks and lots of like no's but every time you get like a no's like you're one step closer to getting a yes that's the way that i see it so yeah it's not always going to be plain sailing you will get told no you will get told things that you don't want to hear but it's just bouncing back to make sure that you like take on board whatever like the kind of opportunities to learn are and put them into practice moving forward. So just to finish, what would be your top tip for positivity? Positivity, I get my positivity from, from listening to like music, um, watching like positive uh, uh, like videos. Like personally for me, like Conor McGregor's a big one, Kobe Bryant's a big one, Michael Jordan, they're all very motivational. People like Kanye West, like they're very good at like speaking and talking, quite powerful, like Will Smith. Lots of kind of like inspirational, successful people listening to their stories are fantastic. Lots of YouTube clips and videos get me motivated and spurred on if I'm ever feeling a little bit lethargic or down. Um, just being around happy and like positive people as well. So that would be my little tip, yeah. Just like stay positive, listen to positive things, music audiobooks stuff like that yeah. oh that's great john thanks very much for taking the time to share with us your experiences and we wish you continued success with your business Wicked. thank you